0: You're listening to Audializer, the digital marketing podcast brought to you by Visualizer. Welcome to Audializer, the podcast about all things digital marketing. We're going to be releasing a brand new episode every Monday and talk in-depth about particular aspects of digital marketing exciting new startups, and even the occasional interview with a market leader. This podcast is brought to you by Visualizer. Visualizer provides digital marketing systems integration and management to SMEs and startups. Visit visualizer.co.uk to find out more about how you could revolutionize your digital marketing workflows. In this pilot episode of Audulizer, we'll be taking an in-depth look at the world of social media influencers. We'll be exploring how recent changes to advertising guidelines have affected influencers, whether or not they'll actually last, and whether or not there's actually any value left in advertising with them. So social media influencers, it's quite a a new terminology um, and it's definitely something which I think traditional marketers and heads of marketing etc aren't really used to thinking about but it, it is kind of a staple in today's society to engage with people that have mass market influence through effectively their social media channels whether that be Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube is also a, quite a large um, proportion of that industry, but in light of what's been going on recently with um, advertising rules changing, um, social media influencers are under increased pressure to really disclose the brand deals that they're engaging with, um, but in a more broad sense, just to be open and truthful with whether or not their posts or their content really are being sponsored by a particular brand and it's come into kind of the mainstream media more recently with uh, the Advertising Standards Authority announcing that effectively every piece of sponsored content must clearly and and openly disclose any deals and some of the um, social media platforms such as Instagram have begun to actually alter the functionality of their platforms to include the ability to uh, disclose partnerships with their Instagram business tools and Instagram business accounts. And it is great because it it does mean that all of a sudden their audiences have kind of got more transparency um, with the the influencers that they follow. But it also kind of allows you to more clearly um, see whether or not you know okay, perhaps this content producer is actually you know talking about a product that they love, but at the same time, if it's sponsored, you can probably be pretty sure that there's a, a quite a significant amount of bias behind it. Um, and I think on, on, on platforms such as YouTube, it, it's a little more difficult. Uh, a lot of YouTubers actually get away with murder on some of these, um brand deals um, that they're engaging with by basically just putting in their description of their videos this video is sponsored and the thing is you know some of them are quite open about it they'll put it above the fold Um, that is to say that YouTube videos if you you aren't aware I'm sure you are aware uh, the description is actually compressed and you actually have to click on a button to then expand it out so you can see the full contents of the description some uh, you know some content creators rightly so put that above the fold but then some of them will bury it further down in the description and that begs the question you know is this technically legal Um, is this kind of an abuse of of power is it is all sorts of questions that basically get brought up Um, and I think again traditional media aren't particularly pleased with this because they've uh, obviously had to disclose sponsorships for long time um, you know in these full page spreads of, of, of branded content um, but the like I said the, the advertising standards authority has actually began to, to clamp down on these uh, I guess miscreants you could call them and and really are enforcing them to fully and completely disclose audibly I suppose or at least visually in the video that this content is sponsored which you know i think is right i think it, these influencers have an extremely kind of wide reaching amount of influence and power hence the name influencers and uh, their their audience are incredibly susceptible to listening to what these uh, i guess idols in some cases are saying and what products they're using and, uh, and everything else and you know there've been a couple of dodgy cases in the past whereby uh, for example uh, a kind of e-gambling website for for um, games. So in a particular game called Counter-Strike effectively you get these cosmetic items in-game and, and there are a lot of... Uh, there's, a, there's quite a big business around gambling these sort of cosmetic items and there was a gambling site that was created and little did we know that it was actually backed by um, some pretty serious YouTube influencers and uh, they didn't disclose, whilst they were sat there advertising this platform and the deals that were going on and everything else on their videos, they hadn't actually been disclosing that they were directors of the company behind said website. So that kind of opened up a, a whole different uh, a basket of, of problems and legalities. And they were rightly so, you know, kind of squashed because of it. But, um, it, yeah, I mean, it begs the question to, Should we as marketers and and digital marketing managers and executives actually engage in social media um, influencer marketing if these influencers aren't actually abiding by these new rules being put in place? Um, So, I mean, we have yet to see this being developed, I guess, over the coming months, perhaps even years. The, The rules aren't, I mean, the rules are stringent, but they're not exactly enforced. I think the Advertising Standards Authority need to really kind of clamp down on the digital space if they actually want to make a difference. Um, but I mean, it, it starts to it starts to make you think about, are these influencers actually here to last? Um, and I mean, you've heard a few kind of big names such as Gary Vaynerchuk, who, who've got huge vested interest um, in, in Facebook, although that doesn't really affect what they say. I mean, he's again, we're taking his word for it, but um, he claims that really right now Instagram influencers are the place to be for promoted content, for advertising, for kind of expanding your your marketing outreach and yeah, I think he's right. I think at the moment these influencers do provide you with quite a significant ROI whether that's in actual increased numbers of inbound leads or whether that's just generally expanding the the reach of your brand and, and the awareness and visibility of your brand um but there was quite an interesting article in the financial times that actually asked you know are these influencers here to last or are they going to die out and and the kind of actual quote-unquote hard working artisans uh who who have been sort of mastering their craft and promoting it online and, and partnering with companies are they the ones that will actually last longer as opposed to what we think of as influencers, and kind of, I guess, generic influencers that are merely there because perhaps they're extremely good-looking, perhaps they make videos about, you know, makeup tutorials, that's quite popular, you know. Whether or not these, these influencers that are there because of, uh, kind of, them, as opposed to artisans and, and creators who actually physically create objects and have spent years mastering their craft, using their social media as a platform to kind of expand their brand and i mean honestly i think that the answer to that question lies in your demographics i think particularly at the moment we're seeing that the far younger demographics who who are yeah but for all intents and purposes the highest kind of or the most active users on these social networks You'll find that those are really the key audience for these uh, more personality-based influencers as opposed to the actual creators and uh, kind of influencer area. Um, I think for uh, young professionals, young adults, or more towards the the, the high teens, if you will, uh, they're more interested in a lot of ways in, in actual kind of brands. And, and that's why we see the, the rise of companies like Gymshark, who have heavily, heavily relied upon social media influencers. In fact, they were kind of the pioneers of using social media influencers to, to promote their brand and, you know, they'd send free stuff to all these athletes and encourage them to promote them and that's kind of this weird blend between personality-based influencers and actual brands um so i i mean i personally do think that influencers will last uh at least throughout the year uh, beyond that i'm not too sure again we've heard a lot of claims from some fairly influential business people to say that the instagram is just getting too big for the moment it's expanding at a rate whereby all these brands advertising on there, whether it be through Instagram's own ad tools and promotion service or through social media influencers, it's just getting completely oversaturated. I mean, every time you open up Instagram, there is a flurry of sponsored content or a flurry of promoted posts. You know, the, cl- the classic Instagram move of, of sh- making the promoted posts load first before your actual content that you like. You know, all these companies are making changes to their algorithms to favor a more—I guess they—they they market it as a personalized experience. But I would argue it's more towards uh, helping out their advertisers and their, and the, their partner brands. Um, so I think at least throughout the year, yeah, uh, social media influencers aren't going anywhere. The value is still there, and using them as a as a promotional tool. But I think beyond the beyond the end of the year, you'll probably find that instead of specifically working with a particular person actually working with a brand and doing brand partnerships are actually going to result in a far more kind of i guess a greater roi far more influence than you would expect um i think the the customers and the the followers and the viewers etc value that far more over just their idols sat there saying Oh, I really like this product because X, Y, Z, you can get a discount using the code, you know, my name and then the number after it. You know, that, that kind of uh, mentality is just getting so oversaturated and, and, and just so constant that it's it's not, I don't think it's going to last personally. I know it's, a, it's a big claim. Um, but the Financial Times article was actually very interesting. It, it just kind of gave a, a recap of what influencers uh, kind of have been up until now where they're going. Um, uh, so I definitely recommend reading it. So I mean, yeah, it, it, the kind of all-encompassing question really from our point of view as marketers is, is there actually any value left in, in, in using social media influencers? And I think that, it, yeah, I mean, it depends on your audience. It depends on your consumers um, and your target customers. If, if you are strictly B2C, then yeah, I mean, there's there's a huge amount of value left in promoting your content through social media influencers. You know, they, they garner an enormous amount of, of power over their audiences, especially the more trusted ones. Um, you know make sure you look at the numbers that you're working with if an influencer has a million followers but only 10,000 10, likes per I say only 10,000 likes still a significant amount but they may overcharge you based on their follower count not on their actual engagement rates whereas if you work with an influencer that has 10,000 followers and gets 10,000 likes on average per post you know you're going to get a far better deal out of that you're going to pay less money you're going to get still a similar amount of reach, and, and ultimately you can spread that spread that across multiple influencers and uh, get a, get a higher ROI at the end of the day. But I mean, from a B2B perspective, you're really not looking at, at much ROI at all on, on putting much of your budget into social media influencers. I think you're you're more likely to get a higher amount of inbound leads through actually using the social media promotional tools that allow you to specifically target to a a particular kind of person and using that on LinkedIn and Facebook or even just retargeting through kind of advertising platforms you know Google and using that information to further kind of target the actual kind of executives and decision makers that you're after and I really don't think there's any place for you to be on, on on social media through influencers I mean realistically people go to social media platforms to escape from reality they go there to to try and look at lives that they aspire to it's not really a place to be advertised to uh, from a b2b perspective they want to come home they they want to use it they want to see cool products that they can use in their life not really in their job so i think that's where it stands currently with social media influencers. i think it's an interesting market but i think it's it is quite a temporary market at the moment for b2b Um, I think B2C however, there is still a huge amount left that you could do and a a real big amount of ROI uh, possibilities in that. So moving on to the the second and final section of uh, this pilot show, we're going to be talking about uh, particular platforms that I think are actually really, really useful and beneficial to digital marketers, marketing departments in general. And this first one, uh, I wanted to talk about Webflow, which is uh, this incredible, incredible platform, which, I mean, we've used at Visualizer for God knows how long now, and we're huge advocates of it, and we try and encourage all of our clients to move on to it. Um, and it's quite an unconventional website builder. I guess you could call it a website builder. It, it sits on a, on a kind of a medium between um, say, Squarespace, which is an incredibly consumer-centric, you know, oh my god, I don't know anything about technology, kind of standpoint, and quite literally custom development, custom front-end development through a development agency. It, it kind of sits in between. And the way that I guess you could, you could pitch it as is really a visual design tool. So if you want that button to move over sort of slightly to the left, for example, you're going to adjust the margin and or the padding or, or something along those lines in order to achieve that goal so you don't have to sit there it's not quite click and drag but it's also not quite sat there tweaking a number of pixels every time and then checking it, it it's, it's a lot more hands-on than that and I, and I really 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 like it. It means that someone with a very basic level of technological knowledge can actually build a website or can actually go in and edit a website without going through the usual kind of faff of, of QA and development and, and, and proposals and everything else especially if you're working with a partner um, and it includes some really great functionality uh, such as uh, included hosting so you can just host straight from Webflow you don't need to sit there and, and fiddle around with DNS and everything else you can just host straight away get your custom domain Uh, They include SSL certificates and there's a bunch of other kind of features that it includes. Um, I think my favorite part is definitely the CMS, the content management system that's included. It enables you as a, perhaps as as a kind of very, a marketing executive really who has basic technological knowledge to build out this website and then encourage other members of your team or other members of the company to go in and make change to copy, to imagery, updating the content on the website without really breaking anything. Um, One of our clients is actually a a big fan of this because it does mean that the design doesn't get altered, it doesn't get broken or anything else, um, and they can effectively just sit there and make changes to the copy and it's it's really really useful. They've also got some pretty insane uh, new functionality in the pipeline, um, specifically with e-commerce They want to be able to give you the ability to completely create this incredibly beautifully designed website and at the same time use e-commerce functionality, sell products, generate revenue, etc. Um, Even further down the pipeline they've got uh, plans to offer like almost a user registration portal system which is obviously quite complicated logic usually. Um, and can be quite expensive they want to include that and they're they're a great team they've got some of the best customer support um that, i mean i've personally ever worked with and um i really really would recommend using them they've they're really in touch with their community they engage quite actively with the the wish list for the the product which i guess influences their own product roadmap in a in a quite significant way you know they hold regular q a's and webinars with their ceo their cto all. all just a really engaging community. And I, I will disclose that we are not sponsored by Webflow. Uh, this is not a sponsored post. This is a, a genuine heartfelt uh, appreciation and, and pick of a platform which I use daily. So yeah, that's Webflow. You can find them at webflow.com. Um, all the information's on there. Highly recommend it. But that's gonna be it for this pilot episode of AudioLizer. I really appreciate it if you've managed to make it through this first pilot. Um, we're going to bring you an episode every single Monday, hopefully, and talk through some really some really interesting stuff in the digital marketing space. But uh, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Visualizer. Uh, we provide digital marketing systems integration and management of SMEs and startups. And if you'd like to work with us, you can visit us at visualizer.co.uk. That's Visualizer with an A-R at the end. And uh, I've been your host, Oliver McQuitty. It's been a pleasure and uh, hope you have a good week.